podcast number 115, Shivers by Ed Sheeran. This is a perfect song for analysis. It's a textbook example of modern songwriting, arranging, and vocal elements at their highest level. First of all, let's look at the overall architecture. The song is in 4-4 time, moderately fast, in the key of D major. There is a verse, pre-chorus, a chorus, back to a verse, pre-chorus, chorus, bridge, chorus, and coda. The introduction. The introduction sets the mood, tonality, tempo, along with the elements of melody, harmony, and rhythm that will be heard throughout the work. As mentioned earlier, the song is in the key of D major. The chords I will play for you now in this key are D major, the one chord, E minor, the two chord, F sharp minor, the three chord, G major, the four chord, A major, the five chord, B minor, the sixth chord, and C sharp diminished the seventh chord. The chords used for this song, actually throughout the song without any changes, the chords are B minor, the sixth chord, G, the fourth chord, D, the one chord, and A, the five chord. We see in most popular songs today four, three, four, five chords used throughout, sometimes kept in the same order as in this song, or change for different section, keeping the same chords, but changing the order of the chords. So here are the four chords. B minor, the sixth chord. G major, the four chord. D major, the one chord. And A major, the five chord. Please listen to the original recording as we go through this analysis, as I do not want to break any copyright laws. I will play certain examples, though. When speaking about chords, the harmony, there are two chord rhythms that we hear. First is how long the chord is held for. In this case, every chord is held for two measures or eight beats. The second is the harmonic hook that we hear in all songs, and that is the rhythm that is applied to the chords. In the introduction and in various sections of the song, we hear this rhythm applied to the chords it will become a harmonic hook. I will play all examples a little slower than the recording so we can hear them. The most prominent feature of the introduction is the counter melody, which becomes a truly important melodic hook used throughout the song, sometimes prominent, sometimes subliminal. very important techniques we see here. First of all, except for the first note, the notes are on the offbeat, in other words, syncopated, which makes it clearly heard against the melody and chords, which right now are on the beat, as we shall see in the verse. Whenever making an arrangement for your song, keep each layer unto itself, so they work together but do not interfere. 
a master of this is Quincy Jones. When you hear all the Michael Jackson songs and you hear all the different layers, especially, let's say, the bass part against the melody, against the percussion, against the drums, against the guitar part, the strings, whatever, each one works individually as they work together. The second important technique and factor in this is I'd like to play for you now is something I speak about quite a bit in my past podcast episodes, and that is as different notes are played against different chords, they change their color. In the first two measures, I will play the notes. They are B, D, E, and F sharp against the B minor chord. So the B is the root. These are chord tones. B is the root. D is the third. E is the fourth leading up. That's a passing tone leading up to the fifth F sharp of the chord. Now, against the G chord, the next chord, which we hear for two measures, we have the B, but now the B is the third of the chord, the D is the fifth, the E is the sixth, and the F sharp is the major seventh, which is a very expressive note. This technique is used a great deal in the melody. I will explain when we get to the verse, but this introduction is telling us what is going to happen. Forecasting the future. Beethoven was a genius at this in his introduction, hinting at what will occur. First, I will play the notes against the B minor chord and then against the G chord. Remember, they are the same notes. I will play all notes evenly so you can truly hear the colors. Remember, chord tones are consonant, calm, and non-chord tones can be dark to light and all the shades in between. Music moves through time through the interplay of consonants and dissonance. I should also mention consonant chord tones show strength. Most movie theme songs of adventure use chord tones. And most modern music, no matter what style we're talking about, constantly use repetition and repetition with alteration or variation. And one of these variations is to play the same notes with different chordal backgrounds. The difference here was very subtle because between the, D, B, the B minor chord and the G chord, there's only one note difference. B minor is B, D, F sharp. And the G chord is GBD or BDG in the closest position. However, remember this technique in this song and in most modern songs, whether rock, pop, country, whatever, use this technique extensively. Also heard very prominently in the introduction is the bass part featuring the root of each chord sustained as it supports and reinforces the chord changes. B, G, D, A. The role of the bass is to connect the harmony, to support that harmony, and connect it with the rhythm of the drum, especially the bass drum. This is vital in fusing the rhythm and the harmony while supporting the melody. In the intro, the notes are just sustained, but later on we will see they will follow the rhythm of the chords that I played earlier. This is a perfect introduction, as I said earlier, forecasting the future. In fact, my advice would be 
to write the song first, especially the chorus with the hooks, and then take bits and pieces of the song and use it in your introduction. Verse 1. This first verse is 16 measures long, divided into two eight-measure sections. And as we shall see, the second section is a repetition of the first section, only this time with new lyrics. The accompaniment to the melody of the verse is a continuation of the music of the introduction, creating a perfectly smooth entrance as the vocal melody enters. The melody actually enters on the last measure of the introduction, creating a pickup to the verse with the lyrics, I took an arrow to the heart. The same four chords, the progression we heard in the introduction, is continued here and actually throughout the whole song. The first phrase, I took an arrow to the heart. This phrase, as previously mentioned, is a pickup heard at the end of the intro against the A chord, then ending against the first chord of the verse, the B minor chord, with the lyric heart. What is interesting here in this first phrase is what I spoke about in the introduction. For the lyric I, we have the note C-sharp, the fifth of the A chord, a chord tone. Then for the lyrics took an arrow to, we have the note B five times. This is a non-chord tone, the second of the A chord, acting as a passing tone to the note A, the root of the A chord for the lyric the. I will play this slowly now. So we are moving from a note calm for I, then for the lyrics, took an arrow to, we have five non-chords, a slight dissonance, a little darker, and then we land on the note the, which is a chord tone, so we go back to calm. I will play that very slowly so we can hear that. The phrase then ends on another chord tone, the B, the root of the B minor chord, for the lyric heart. I will play that slowly. Now, I know at a fast tempo it is hard to hear this, almost impossible, but you do, I believe, feel it subconsciously. These notes underscore the meaning of the lyric. I've seen in countless analyses where notes and chords reflect the meaning of the lyric. Now, I don't know if this is done consciously or subconsciously, but I believe it is there. Phrase two, I never kissed a mouth that tastes like yours. The first part of this phrase, I never kissed a mouth that tastes, moves downward stepwise from the note B against the B minor chord to the note G against the G chord for the lyric taste. At this point, we hear the first interval jump, a perfect fifth. The perfect fifth is the strongest interval in music. It denotes strength and power for the lyrics, taste like yours. In any movie theme you hear that's an adventure or dealing with superheroes, the perfect fifth will always be emphasized. Timpanies are mostly tuned in fifths. In episode number 39, I stress the importance of lyrics and intervals. And in instrumental music, also, the importance of certain intervals. 
When you hear a song and recognize it immediately, it is mostly due to the interval that opens the song. For example, in The Wizard of Oz, Somewhere Over the Rainbow starts with an octave. Phrase number three, strawberries and something new. Basically a repetition of the second phrase with slight alteration. This is a perfect example of repetition and repetition with variation, the most used technique in all styles and genres of music. And for the lyrics, something more, we also have an interval. This time it's a fourth, A to D. Phrase four, oh yeah, I want it all. Against the D chord and ending with the A chord with a melisma. A melisma is multiple notes for one syllable. For the lyric all, we hear the notes C sharp and D moving back and forth from C sharp, a non-chord tone, to D, a chord tone. The second half of the verse, the second eight measures, is practically an exact repetition of the first eight. This is so important for making your song memorable to the listener. Start with the lyrics, lipstick on my guitar, woo, and ends with, oh yeah, I want it all. And then, as we have seen from the intro into the verse, there is a pickup to the pre-chorus, and that the lyrics are, mm, you got me feeling like. The pre-chorus. The pre-chorus is eight measures long, and it has the same chord progression. The first thing we notice is the accompaniment becomes more intense with the bass part taking on the rhythmic hook that we heard in the accompaniment and the verse. And the chords now support the counter melody. Along with added vocals, we see when a section is introduced, usually the arrangement adds, takes away, or changes elements so we realize something new has occurred, or to underline something important. There are two important techniques we see in this pre-chorus. First, against the B minor chord, the lyrics are, I want to be that guy, I want to kiss your eyes. One note is used, the note D, the third a chord tone of the B minor chord. Then, as I had highlighted earlier, we have the exact same notes and rhythm for the next phrase. I want to drink that smile. I want to feel like I. We have the exact same notes and practically the exact same rhythm for the same note D, but this time against the G chord, the fifth of the chord. For the lyric I, he sings the D, then he goes with an E passing tone to the note F sharp as the chord changes to D. Exactly what we saw before, repetition with repetition with variation. Here we see the variation as the chord tones change color with the addition of the G chord. The next phrase is much longer. The lyrics are, like my soul's on fire, I want to stay up all day and all night. Now here it's very interesting for the lyrics, like my soul's on fire, I want to stay up all day. 
all the notes are non-chord tones, so now we have more tension. Against the D chord, we have the note E, which is the second of the chord. Let me play that for you. I feel this is another example of what I said before. For I want to be that guy, I want to kiss you, I want to drink that smile, I want to feel like I... We have all chord tones, no tension. But for like my soul's on fire, I want to stay up all day and all night, then we have quite a bit of tension just resolving at the end on all night. At the end of the pre-chorus, we hear a phrase, yeah, you got me singing like... This is a pickup to the chorus, similar to the same technique that the pickup to the next section is at the end of the section before. At the end of the introduction, we had a pickup into the verse, and at the end of the verse, we had a pickup into the pre-chorus. Now at the end of the pre-chorus, we have a pickup into the most important part, the chorus. And you'll notice, except for the bass, the background stops. This is one way to truly highlight something important. Either add some technique to underline a lyric or a phrase, or take away everything and then shine a spotlight on it. We see this a lot when we're introducing a new section. The chorus. Many songwriters have said they often start with the title and the chorus, the true essence of a song. This chorus is 16 measures long, divided into two eight-measure sections the same architecture that we saw in the verse. Also the same, the second eight measures is the same as the first eight. In fact, the background of the intro verse and pre-chorus is continued into the chorus. As we've seen also before, things have been changed. The bass line, which in the pre-chorus echoed the harmonic hook of the verse, now is changed. Instead of now we hear Also, the vocal range is higher. And now the vocal harmonies also follow the melody. These techniques are used to highlight a phrase or a section. Sean Mendes will do this. In other words, he'll sing one section in a lower octave, and then when it repeats, he'll do it an octave higher. The second eight measures, melodically, are exactly the same as the first half, with new lyrics, of course. The notable exception is the background. More elements are added. The most striking difference between the chorus and the other two sections we've heard is that the phrasing is almost continuous, where in the verse and the pre-chorus there were short little statements. Here, he starts with ooh, and then, the, I won't read all the lyrics, but he, it goes on, I love it when you do it like that, and when you're closer, and then it goes on and on. But the point is, he, the whole chorus is sung with hardly a breath, almost continuous. After the chorus, we return to the verse, the second verse, then the pre-chorus and the chorus once more. Then we enter the bridge. At the end of the second chorus, we hear Baby. This is a two-note pickup to the bridge. The bridge, the lyrics are, Baby, you burn so hot, you make me shiver with the fire you've got. This thing we started, I don't want it to stop. You make me shiver. In podcast episode number eight, I analyze the modern bridge. 
In the traditional standards of earlier songs, especially the AABA form of the 20th century, the B section was referred to as the bridge. That's the middle section. However, in today's modern song construction, the bridge is a section introducing totally new material into the verse pre-chorus chorus formula. This bridge is a textbook example of that. There are so many noticeable differences. There are similarities carried into the bridge. The B minor G D A chord progression is the same. There are 16 measures divided into two sections, eight plus eight, as we saw in the verse and chorus. The melody is mostly chord tones with supporting three-part harmony in parallel motion. That is new. Stressing the following rhythm. In the first eight measures, the three-part harmony is isolated by scaled-back accompaniment, shining a light on the melody. In the second eight measures, the chords return, supporting the vocal line. And the bass line also changes. We see three note figures introducing each chord change. We return to the chorus, and then for the coda, a very short one measure coda, we have bring it right back, yeah. In this analysis, we have seen so many great techniques of modern song construction. Repetition, repetition with variation, also hooks at every level, melody, accompaniment, harmonic chord movement and rhythm, bass lines, and underlying rhythms, percussion, constant shifting of dynamics through arrangement and supporting vocals, sectioning through vocal range, vocal accompaniment, bass lines, rhythm, dynamics, and orchestration. I'd like to leave you with this quote by Thomas Carlyle. Music is well said to be the speech of angels. Thank you so much for listening. Take care. Ciao.